0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, I'm James. Welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula 1 here at the Lakeside Drive F1 Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a short look back to 2022. i'm joined by my friend and yours the og thomas j camp g'day mate
1: g'day mate how are you very well hello Uh, listeners how are you
0: also it's great to have all of your company uh mate the first in-person recorded podcast for 2023
1: uh it's good to be back it is we had a good break too. <laughs> I needed that break after <laughs> last year. You
0: seem a lot more excited <laughs> than the
1: last time I was sitting on this couch with you. To be honest, I think everyone's a lot more excited uh, this year than they were at the end of last year. So it'll be good, mate. Uh, what have you, you been up to, Jim? Tell us. What's it has the been holiday, gosh. It has
0: been an interesting off season. Um, as many of you will now know, we are part of the DM Podcast Network, which is very exciting. It's what we were hinting towards. Um, through the exit of the 2022 season. Uh, and that's exciting for many, many reasons, Campy. Uh, we know that there's a huge podcast culture here in Australia. Um, and when we started Lakeside Drive, then f one back in the day, the only, the target that we had were Australians. It wasn't this massive international following, which we are now very lucky to have. Yep, But it was Australians specifically. And I think what's great about DM is they're an independent organisation as well, but they're behind podcast like Batuta Advocate,
1: which is just, just ridiculous. God-level banter. <laughs> great site too. Oh,
0: and great Instagram page uh, and all of all of that kind of stuff. But also fantastic sports chat shows like Hello Sport, uh, Dylan Friends, and really amazing, insightful uh, podcasts like Chat 10 Looks 3, which is Lee Sales and Animal Crab. So, you know, there's very... A very varied mix of different podcasts, and uh, as a result of being on DM, we are now part of the Listener network, which is also very exciting. Uh, mm. And we've sold out. We've sold out. Sold our souls. That's it. Uh, so (laughs) there it goes. (laughs) Did I have my son to begin with? Doesn't really matter. It's too late now, anyway, because it's already happened. But I, uh, I opened the listener app yesterday, Campy, um, and saw that we are now listed in the listener app. If you search Formula One or F1, we're the only podcast to come up. I think that is the interesting thing for us.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be great. Look, it's been on the with James has been having a chat with these people for a while, and uh, we needed a bit of direction change to the podcast, really. Um, the way we've been doing it and just how the season played out last year and personal lives and stuff that really needed a bit of a kick up the backside, which we're all happy to do and all we're just waiting on a bit of uh, creative direction and these guys have definitely bought that. And uh, the more this grows, the more opportunities we'll get to do cooler stuff. And uh, that's really the goal for this year is – uh. Line up some big interviews, make everybody laugh a ton of a lot more. You yeah. Know? Got to keep it. <laughs> keep it light. You, you tend to get a bit serious and cynical at times. Well, I do, but. We both do. But uh, Tommy yeah, T be, doesn't, because Tommy
0: T doesn't care about anything. I know. Well, <laughs> apart from coffee.
1: Yeah. So, no, nah, it's going to be a great year. Very excited. Uh, throwing ourselves in head first to whatever it looks like. And uh, i continue on my internet journey and. Figuring all that stuff out. Figuring out the internet (laughs) one website at a time.
0: Uh, It is – so that's what I did, with my break. It was not really having a break at all. It was working out exactly what this year looks like. And, listener, Um, as I said, I I put together a little trailer for for this year. I'm sure many of you have already listened to that. If you haven't and you're new here, welcome. It's going to be a great year of content for Lakeside Drive. And we're doing up to seven episodes per week during a race weekend, which – there aren't many non-race weekends in 2023, yeah. 22 race weekends all up, all across the year, um, and we can't wait to do it, to be honest. We're really mixing things up a little bit. You'll hear the usual ridiculousness of the three of us, including Tommy T, um, in studio together, hopefully on a Monday morning. And where trying, we will uh, trying to get
1: Freya across from wherever she is at the moment. Well, she well. Uh,
0: hopefully she'll be here in March. Nice. Um Maybe for the Australian Grand Prix, depending on what happens with uh, DM and Listener, we might be able to get some um, some content at, at the Aus Grand Prix, which would be fantastic. But anyway, it's all in here for you. But that's what I was spending my time doing, Campy, What about you? You sounded like you had a much more relaxing time. Oh,
1: I did I haven't? Uh, I haven't actually worked since November, technically. I, I November
0: work. what? Twenty eighteen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, my crypto shares have taken a hit, so I had to, uh, had to go back. No, no, I haven't worked. Well, I, techn- I did work for my missus for free for about eight weeks and then uh, that sort of You're rolled mispronouncing in.
0: mispronouncing the word marriage, can't be. Uh, <laughs> and then
1: that sort of rolled into Christmas and, and Christmas rolled into some holidays and, hey, it's the first week of Feb and I'm back. So I've had my motor- I've had my uh, motorsport fixed, though. Yeah. Kept a pretty keen eye on the Dakar's to see Toby lose it on the last day.
0: Like forty-five seconds, or
1: crazy. This look, you know, Toby Price just Mm. quickly—he's really changed the way that. The Dakar has raced from his first win, I think, in 2017, and that comes off the back of him doing the Fink Desert Race and the way he rode that. And uh, this year, it's changed. They had speed limits in place, so you can't go above 160 kilometers an hour, which doesn't. I, I understand from a safety perspective, because sure. last year there was a lot of issues, but uh, I think that was probably what hindered him from taking the outright lead. But geez, what a what a guy! I was gutted to see the uh, see him lose, but uh, he did everything right. He didn't win a stage, um, and to lose it like he did, I think he rode the smartest race out of anybody. But, uh, yeah, things like speed limits probably killed him because mm. he's the guy that can ride it, you know, the 200K plus for extended periods of time and really handle the bike and, and that sort of terrain as well. So that was good. What else? We've had the Supercross kickoff as well, so it's been fun.
0: We just had the 12-hour Bathurst. Yeah, I had uh, a watch Valentino that. Valentino Rossi had a go yep. and was very handy with the car. Has to be said, Uh, Shane van Gisbergen just being too good at too many different things yet again. I think we have a if he could if he could fit in a Formula One car, he would have
1: absolutely trounced that. Well, he raced the New Zealand Grand Prix last year Mm. and had an incident off the start and still won it by seven or eight seconds. The guy, I reckon, mate, that guy. Get him in an F1 test. I reckon that'd be a. He can draw on anything. He's that good. He is so. that
0: good. And uh, he's pretty humble about it, to be honest. Like, he's not one to really sit in the media and brag a lot about his success, but no. he's very, very good. So, uh, well, look, it sounded like you had a, a good time off. I know listeners, a lot of you, especially those in the Discord channel, and shout-outs to our regulars there who were watching not only the Bathurst 12 Hour and the, but the Dakar and many, many other various bits and pieces. It's been an interesting uh, conversation and mix of different motorsports away oh from Formula One, but it does excite me to think that Formula One is only now around the corner. Campy, yeah, we got pre-season testing in uh, Abu Dhabi, isn't it coming up? Bahrain, Bahrain, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No more, no more behind closed doors Barcelona tests. It's just televised uh,
1: uh, Middle Eastern do we, tests. Do we get? So it is televised this year. It will be we televised can, can, this year. Yep. Oh, thank the Lord for that. <laughs>
0: This was the the Barren Test last year was televised too. It was just the 1st preseason Test that was behind closed doors because don't forget there was two for some
1: reason. Do we get do we get it on Foxtel this year? Ko.
0: Uh, probably not. I mean, it hasn't been any other year. Why would it be this year? Uh, KO, if you're listening, who knows if you're potentially about to sponsor this podcast and you're listening for this as a test to see whether or please. not you want to put your branding. We'd love to watch testing, please. That yes. would be very nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yes. So testing happens on the 23rd to the 25th of February, which is not that. It's only no. four weeks away. Yep. The first Grand Prix, the first weekend of March. Uh, in Bahrain, then, of course, we have Saudi Arabia and then Australia on the 31st of March um, to the 2nd of April. And because China has been deleted from the calendar, there is now a ginormous gap, or effectively almost the same period as the summer break between rounds three and four between Australia and Baku, um, the 31st of March and then the 28th of April is when Azerbaijan is, which is a, a huge gap. But anyway, that's all to come. We will do a separate – when when Tommy T is back in the country, he's currently in Mexico, um, he, we keep asking him why. He's very cagey about things, a lot of random things in the background that we can't quite decipher. Um, but he will listen to this podcast, exclusively only listens to podcasts that he's not involved with. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes – before we look back though on 2022, I just want to shout out uh, Freya for her brilliant chat with Laura Winter. Great, which uh, great. As we we're recording this, was released this morning. I've been lucky enough to have that have had that in my pocket for a couple of weeks, um, and uh, yeah, just just brilliant. I mean, Laura Winter, her story is phenomenal, but it's it is very much right time, right place, with a hell of a lot of work gone into that. To, to be able to, to work in Formula One.
1: Yeah, it is right time, right place too, but she's the chick's highly competent, but you put yourself in positions to get to those things and you have a crack and you figure it out. And when she was talk, telling the story about her freelance job that she went to in the first month, she earned 40 bucks, Yeah, <laughs> which is nothing. That's how all good businesses or professionals start out. They put themselves out there and... If you put yourself in those positions, it pays off at some touch. So, yeah, what a cracking chat. Well done, Frail. We need more of that. I think it's good for the listeners too. Yeah. yeah. Well, let us know, listeners, if you, if you enjoyed yep. it.
0: Um, there's plenty more to potentially come, as Campy said, when we're talking about DM stuff. Uh, the access, hopefully now, that we have with the weight of selling out to SCA <laughs> – potentially <laughs> indirectly selling out. Um, but I wonder if we can have lakeside drive at southerncrossostereo.com.au to, to email the various PRs so we don't have some rare, they're like, who the hell is Lakeside Drive? Uh, 2022, as I said at the beginning, I don't really want to go into a full debrief because yeah. uh, A, it's a bit late for that. <laughs> we, it is. We could have done that weeks ago, but it was very difficult with um, with both you and Tommy out of the country, but that's Okay. I want to sort of talk more top line, Campy, because 2022 was the first of the new regulations. Yeah, uh, we had a lot of promise. Names like Kevin Magnussen returned. Haas, you know, finished fifth in their first Grand Prix yep. in these new regulations, uh, and it was an exceptionally difficult year as a Daniel Ricciardo fan to watch Formula One. And when you start the podcast back in the day is Daniel Ricardo bias on the, the <laughs> bloody description of it, <laughs> it's very hard to remain impartial. Uh, but, of course, we had also the the Piastri Pias- Piasco, oh, who cares, whatever, the Oscar Piastri incident with Alpine and then McLaren and then Danny Rick losing his seat uh, and then him deciding to hang out for a reserve uh, drive with or a third driver drive with Red Bull it's, it was a big year yeah. of feeling pretty up and down. And I know a lot of you listeners uh, felt the same way. So let's look back as a whole, but let's start with the fact that it was brand new regulations. Do you think it brought enough of a difference from the previous yeah. generation
1: to the sport? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, just, it wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be passing watts, but definitely following was. These guys could follow for you know at least ten laps behind somebody, and you wouldn't see the fall off in the tire effect and uh, and a lot of the uh, you know the aero issues that we had following and 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 losing so much downforce in cornering in yesteryear. If that's the step they made initially, I think moving forward, our uh, sport is looking on track. To be a pretty good spectacle, we still had some races like Miami, which was crap, and you know Zandvoort, which was a great race, but there's just a lack of passing because of the uh, because of the size of the cars. But I think they nailed it. I think I think they nailed it. And uh, moving forward, I'm looking forward to see how much better it's going to get. I know they've got new compounds of tires, and I hate tires, and I don't want to talk about it. But uh, <laughs> I think that they're moving in the right direction.
0: Now, it's great, though, because I've just realized we can have Campy's Compound Chat and we can alliterate that, and that's a whole segment. I'm going to write that down. It's a segment for the year, Campy's Compound Chat. Um, yeah. We do like some alliteration here like side Drive. Uh, but overall, though, when it came to the hope of it, sort of an even field spread, were you expecting Mercedes to be as behind as they were right from the get-go?
1: Oh, I didn't expect it, but after three races, it was pretty clear Mm. that they were a fair way off. But for me, it only took them 11 or 12 races to get back on the consistent podium position, and it was before the mid-season break, and uh, things happened to Lewis after the season uh, mid-summer break, and – it, that what an organization to come back from, but I can't, I don't think you can lose the personnel that they'd lost over the previous three to five years and producer products that, that we've seen since 2014. So they're a great organization and they'll be back. They've figured out the porpoising issues that they had at the start. was really bad. Uh, I mean, Lewis talked about the car probably being the worst car that they've had on the grid since he's, since he's moved to the team. So that's all points in good direction for me and, particularly with Toto up there to that organisation. They'll be primed for a big year this year. Can they knock off Red Bull? I'm not sure. Red Bull dominated last year. They won, what, 17 out of 21, and Ferrari got the, the three, and George Russell. George Russell got one. So, I mean, Max to win 15 Grand Prix in a year, that is mega. And Checo to win the other two, and albeit on both street circuits as well. So, yeah. Oh, I can't see anyone getting too close to Red Bull and Max Verstappen. If there was another driver in there, Max was out and somewhere else, I think the Red Bull's come back a bit. And they'll probably lose that one point, oh, second a lap over a race distance just because Max is that much better on his race base. But um, I think we're primed for another big Max Verstappen year, if I'm honest. They just, as an organisation, they've got it together. They finally sorted out the motor stuff. A lot of their personnel have stayed in place. You know, Big, there's been some big moves in the team principals and key staff moving around as well, but Red Bull's been really solid and haven't lost anything. So I think we're primed for another big Red Bull year, if I'm honest. But, geez, last year they just dominated. Bit of a slow start, had some issues, and we're all talking about Ferrari. But, geez, didn't they pants it? What a, sorry, why did Bonotto lose his job and not the Ferrari bloody strategy guy?
0: Yeah, we'll come to team principles yeah, okay. in a little bit. But I think what's interesting is that the initial tales and narrative of the 2022 season was that it was Charles Leclerc's championship to win or to lose rather Yeah, and how quickly that just didn't become a thing and, and how quickly Ferrari showed how incompetent as an organisation they were to hold all of the things together to be able to deliver. Mm. And Red Bull, who have this winning attitude and spirit, unlike a lot of other teams coming from the history that they have as well. Um, Also hilarious, just a very much sidebar talking about Red Bull. And I know we said we weren't going to talk about this, but I love that Ford sold Jaguar to Red Bull as a F1 team and now they're (laughs) Red Bulls partnering with Ford again to provide the engines from 2026. It's, it seems to be like this and Honda still sucks at being in Formula One. Uh, it seems like this real weird cycle of stuff. They'll Don't make, make it come comeback with some other random team. It'll be Audi, Honda. I no, it won't be Audi, Honda it will be Audi, Audi. But you know what I mean? It just won't make any sense whatsoever. And they could have just had Red Bull and no, no, chucking in the bin and what well, a Honda engine is now going to be a Ford, which used to be a Jaguar team, which was owned by Ford. It's just ridiculous how simple Formula 1 really is and complicated at the same time. But I think that the way that it all structured out from that Ferrari is going to be, you know, champions this year. Finally, you could hear the Tafosi breathe a sigh of relief considering they've waited since 2007 to try and win a championship, let alone all of the failed attempts with Felipe Massa and Fernando Alonso and Seb Vettel in that short term um, after that. Uh, Sorry, long time after that, not short time, long time, the opposite of short uh, it has just been difficult for the Tifosi as well. And uh, I think the way that it all panned out with Mercedes get, gathering some kind of pace towards the end of the year was interesting enough for the sport. What I did yeah. enjoy, though, was watching how Lewis Hamilton reacted to not being the most dominant driver in the most dominant car all year. We saw Lewis, you know, when from his McLaren days where he was having to really fight for stuff. Yeah he had some phenomenal drives through the year oh. uh, and if you hate Lewis or love Lewis or are indifferent to Lewis and the same with Max, there's no denying Heck when the car is not is. up the front and dominant and we can say that about Max Verstappen in the, in the preceding years like 2020 yeah. and 2019 some of the performances he put in in a car that wasn't as strong as Mercedes, same as Danny Rick by the way. In that Red Bull, um, <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> go. Uh, am I going to take the path of just completely pushing Checo off? Yes, absolutely. Do I think he deserves it? No, I think Checo's great, but too bad. I've decided already at the start of the year that Daniel's going to be driving for Red Bull in twenty twenty
1: four. Jeez, uh, if anyone could break a league in the next six weeks, <laughs> I would put money on it for Sergio to do it.
0: No, I'll put money on on Daniel Ricciardo because he be he'll be driving his bloody <laughs> mini motorcycle across the bloody. <laughs> American countryside, and he'll end up coming off in some silly corner where he tries to do something cool with Scotty James and it will put it in the bin. But it's interesting, though, I think, reflecting on how that sort of changed the narrative around Lewis Hamilton because there was a lot of hate against this guy, much in the similar way of you get bored of watching people win. Same thing about Schumacher. Yeah. Back then, as much as everyone will love him and regards him now, same with Seb it's so boring watching the same team win over and over again. So for me, I found it very interesting, and I I spoke to a couple of listeners too, and they sort of felt the same way. Even you did. You found yourself kind of almost rooting for Lewis Hamilton to get a podium.
1: Oh, I love an underdog. And what happened the season before and the result that that we shouldn't talk about anymore, but the fact that Lewis won those last three races and then had the lead at that last Grand Prix for fifty what, two of the 57 laps, just shows how good of a driver that guy is and they're in pretty even machinery. So, uh, yeah, look, I, look, Lewis, he's a polarising figure, isn't he? I probably enjoyed him more last year and I've probably been more on his side than I ever have been. But, uh, you know, he's Lewis. If he's winning again, he'll start rubbing people up the wrong way. But that's just, that's you know, there's, yeah, it's just human nature at some level, right? All right, mate, I'll hang on there. We need to pay some bills. So we're just going to slot our perfect sponsorship placement in right there.
0: <laughs> Sorry to interrupt our own chat, Campy. It's all um, right, mate. But I'd like to talk about your browsing habits, if I can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's dangerous. Uh,
0: and uh, the reason uh. reason for that is uh, I have absolutely no technical ability to be able to look at your browsing history, but there are people out there who have that ability. It's very
1: suggestive. Which is terrifying. Very suggestive.
0: Uh, well, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just good, like, how can I buy this motocross bike, I assume, and will this helmet size fit on over a beanie? Um, I assume is what you're searching for. But uh, people out there have the ability to look at your personal data online, which is ter- genuinely ter- terrifying. Um, Hate
1: that. But, Hate that.
0: But it is good news, everyone, because we do have uh, we have extended sp- uh, sponsorship from our friends at NordVPN for a little bit of this year, which is very exciting. Um, yeah. And the deal is the same. Two years plus four months, a heavily discounted rate. Uh, if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive, the um, good thing for Campy is that he already has it installed on his devices as a result of the last do,
1: year. I do. I do. Uh, I didn't I didn't quite know how to do it. But <laughs> very... I tell you what, I sought some expert opinion from my friend sitting across from me. And uh, it is... Pretty easy. I, if can I can do it, it <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, and I just love the fact that uh, no one's no one's taken all my uh, data from whatever my search history looks like. <laughs> not that it's not that it's shocking. It's <laughs> really painted it's, you into a corner. It's here. literally cars. If you ask my wife, she's like, you just cannot stop looking at cars.
0: If you uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive, and you'll be supporting the show and also protecting yourself online, which is a big deal. All right, let's get back to our other chat. <laughs> what was the biggest surprise for you in the 2022 season? Oh, surprise. Was it just how good the following was and how well maybe the regulations had worked considering we know that sometimes it's really hard to trust when someone at Formula 1 says, this is going to be the best thing ever and you think, thank God for that, it's fantastic, and then they implemented it and it's terrible.
1: Yeah, I don't think I was surprised by anything we saw last season. Mm. I was surprised how good Ferrari were at the start. I didn't I didn't expect them to go as terribly as they did. But uh yeah, it was yeah, Matt oh, I mean, what's his name? Uh Harscott, Kevin Magnuson's poll, that was probably the biggest surprise. Yes. That was an excellent oh I mean that was great. We we're all Yahooing and having a great, great conversation across the chat. That was probably the biggest surprise. But uh if we can get to this team principle thing, I think Bernardo, for me moving on is the biggest surprise for me post-season. We had a good chat about this at some stage last year. And whilst I love to laugh at Ferrari (laughs) and the mistakes they made, as an organisation, you eventually learn from those mistakes. Yes. And Bonotto, whilst he didn't get the performance and the results that Ferrari as an organisation and as a brand wanted, I actually think he did a pretty good job. And for them – to cut his head off and move him on in the manner which we have seen thousands of times from Ferrari says to me that nothing at the core of that team has changed, and the culture is shit, which is why they produce very good F1 cars, but never best compared to their teammates since you know since the Michael Schumacher era, really, and that's frustrating to me. Why is the strategist not get the sack or moved on straight away? It's not the team principles. The team principal has a whole 1,500 people working in that organisation that he's got to control and get right. And he nailed it. If they did a review, I really do believe that the review should have come back and said the reason we lost this championship is not because of our people, not because of our design philosophies. It's got nothing to do with us. It's Max Verstappen in a Red Bull with an Adrian Newey designed – uh, ground effect car which he did his doctorate thesis on when he in university so he's designed the best of the best F1 cars we've ever seen And then we moved to ground effect and it turns out no, that's what he did his thesis on so he probably <laughs> knows more about it than anyone else oh. that should be the review and i just think it was a dumb decision for a ferrari to uh to do that because they've got history and the next question i have from that is when does charles leclerc fall out of favor with ferrari just like they've done ever since the Kimi Raikkonen World Championship,
0: absolutely. They've done it
1: with Alonso, Vettel, and the second drivers as well. And I just, I, I don't think Leclerc can last another two years in that organisation without a world championship. And I can't see it happening because I just think Red Bull and Verstappen are going to be too good.
0: And the, well, I think more of the question is: When does Charles leave? Does he necessarily need the push from Ferrari, or does he realise that? In fact, actually, he's more likely to win a world championship if Lewis Hamilton retires, for example, and he goes, hey, Mercedes, I'd be pretty interested in having that other seat because there's no denying the talent of that driver. I mean, that whole family, his younger brothers as well are incredibly quick. But anyway, from a Ferrari point of view, so Fred Vasseur has left. It was a very interesting – it's like the the silly season happened all over again but in a very rapid succession. So we had – Bonotto was announced as he was moving on, or he he resigned, which clearly probably wasn't the case. Um, Fred Vasseur leaves Alfa Romeo Sauber to take that role. Um, and then very oddly, I, don't know, I kind of wasn't expecting this, but we had Andreas Seidel leave McLaren to yeah. become the CEO of um, Sauber. and. I suppose with his ties to Porsche um, and yep. with Mark Webber and everything else, you know, with that Oscar Piastri seat, yep. him going there actually makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, from a personnel was, but there's part of me too that McLaren, geez, they've put, it, they've had, they've been an underwhelming team for the last two years. They showed heaps of promise in 2019 or whatever it was, mm. 2020. Um. There's, there's a part of me that is almost sinister and says, well, I, Seidel's jumping off a sinking and ship, and I think they'll be mediocre again this year. I don't think they can get the car to a place where they were in that 2018, 2019 with uh, Carlos and um, and uh, Lando. I just don't think the car will be that competitive. Um, if we look at the history of the sport, if you are not, particularly in the last 15, 20 years, if you are not a – a works team, you're out of it because it's too hard for them to design a car and then integrate another engine supplier into that and getting no information from Mercedes about the best way to integrate that motor into your car as well. I just – I can't see it happening and I I think it's a shame for Lando and he's probably the guy that will take that Ferrari seat or a Red Bull seat or the Mercedes seat if one of those – guys decides to move on and leave. I think it's Lando's opportunity because he's done enough against Danny Rick and, you know, against Carlos to suggest that he's a good driver. There's reasons why he beat Danny Rick so convincingly over the last two years, but he's done enough and his perception in F1 is that he could be a world championship given the machinery. So, yeah, it's going to be a long time for him, though, until that spot opens up.
0: And it's interesting that – so (laughs) – I don't want to dwell too much on the sort of the t- technicalities of a lot of these titles, but um, Bonotto was like CEO or managing director and team principal for Ferrari. Um, Fred Vasseur, I think, is like general manager yeah. and team principal. So I think it's a, le- a level down um, from where he was at Sauber, which as CEO and team principal. And I think one of the things for. Um, Andreas Seidel is, this is a promotion for him to be CEO. He's seen what Zach has done well and what he hasn't done well and gone, I reckon I could do it, have a good crack at that. And I'm actually pretty excited for that team where Audi comes in because as you say, manufacturer not in McLaren. I think McLaren uh, were we're caught a little off guard there with just promoting Andreas Stella. Um, There's nothing to suggest that he's necessarily amazing or, or not amazing in either direction, which to Me is kind of a little disappointing, I think. Good McLaren,
1: organizations promote within, though, too.
0: Yeah, but I they weren't ready for it. No, that's that's what no. it all sort of said to me as they weren't ready for it. But but the one that I do want to talk about, um, is James Vowles going to Williams. Yep. The uh, the livery was was um, revealed last night. Incredible golf oil partnership now back with Williams away from McLaren is an interesting yep. move as well. But.
1: But they put last year's car on the... Oh, yeah, which they all do. I think by,
0: by all accounts I'm hearing that um, that uh, Sauber is going to be the only one that actually reveals the car that they're going to use oh, for very this nice. year. Good on. But I think James Vowles is great because, we, you know, we all know the Valtteri, it's James commentary from yep. back in the day. Um, but for that team to really take it to a next level, James has come from spending an enormous amount of time at a team that built itself up into a winning absolute powerhouse Um, and also how it dealt with adversity last year. Yep. Uh, One of the things that I really enjoyed is that he wasn't given gardening leave from Mercedes, you know, and 12 months later, you can then become a team principal for Williams. It was a immediate, yes, we'd love to support you.
1: Good, good, good. Well, Williams are a custom team too. So there's relationships there. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's IP around the motor and, Probably how to integrate it in. And he played a core cool role, particularly in the last three seasons of that that organisation. But he's a god that's, that's grown up in the team as well. So great for him. Um, I'd hope Williams moves forward up the grid this year. I hope they're a genuine mid pack contender. Yes. So, yep. And I'm not like, it's not that they didn't have races this year where they weren't genuine mid pack contenders. There was a lot of races where they were battling Haas at the back. And uh, it'll be interesting to see with the driver lineup this year, too. Yeah, well,
0: twenty twenty
1: two. Latifi's gone, and uh, what's his name's coming? Logan Sargent. Sargent. So let's
0: not forget. I would, if I had the time. Well, I don't, but if I had the time, I'd go find in twenty nineteen where you and I were talking about Formula Three and Oscar Piastri and Logan Sargent and the battles that they were having because it was yeah. phenomenal what they were doing. Now Logan sort of didn't have the same level of support going through that Oscar did. Uh, sorry, success that Oscar did. Um, but they both ended up in Formula 1 together at the same time. So that's fantastic for them, I think. Uh, and it's good to see an American driver come into the sport too. Um, three American races for 2023 is, is going to be pretty epic. Yep. Um, as I said, it's not really a, a massive review of the 2022 season, but in a short sentence summary, Campy, could you give me your overall thoughts? this season? On 2022.
1: Mm. Uh, Red Bull domination. They clawed themselves back. I think we're going to, I think after, I think I think in the next couple of years, we're going to look back over the last 14 or 15 years of F1 and it's going to be eight world championships to Red Bull, four, then at least four after the Mercedes-era domination. I think that's just where we're going to be at. And as a sport, you might be looking at that going, that's boring, but geez. There's, there's a lot of storylines and battles that play out, particularly played out on track in 2022, which gives us the blueprint for moving forward in the next three to four seasons.
0: So. And one of the things that I want to round out this episode with is uh fantasy team name competition winner for oh, 2022. Uh, I have chosen it. I've asked you two to look through them and you haven't bothered looking. Uh, so I've chosen it. Um, But I've actually chosen three because I couldn't actually pick between these three of how much I enjoyed it. So uh, for the three people I'm going to say, you're all winners, which is great. One of the things that you're going to see in Lakeside Drive in the next couple of weeks is we're going to be doing um, a new merch release, which will be some hats, some uh, embroidered hats with Lakeside Drive with some beanies as well, probably. And uh, some coffee. So uh, you can buy whatever merch. Uh, well, we'll give you whatever merch as, as a result of this. But thank you to every single one of you for going and changing uh, on what is can only be described as the worst website in the world <laughs> to, to go and change your team names. Um, we will do the same again this year. But uh, goodness, I laughed. Every time I would put the show notes together for an episode, my favorite part was not logging into the website because it always failed, but when I finally got in through the gateway, it was uh, it was reading a lot of these. So um, from the Australian Grand Prix, uh, well done to you, Craig G, for this absolute zinger which really set the, the stage. McLaren and Campy's top shirt button both under pressure. <laughs> uh, oh, Craig, geez. fantastic. Uh, from the Belgian Grand Prix, <laughs> From the Belgian Grand Prix, Kelly W, just a nice spa weekend with the gals. it just really got me that one. I thought it 's just such Very a fantastic way good. of that um, and for the Austrian Grand Prix, Haley H, the hills are alive with the sound of track limits. Absolute bloody fantastic work! Uh, please send the uh, Lakeside Drive Discord, uh, sorry Lakeside Drive Instagram account a DM, or jump on a Discord and tag me uh, in a post, and I will arrange for some merchandise, or we can wait and get some coffee and new merch out to you in 2023.
1: But uh, can, I, can I just say, Haley is a consistent. ah oh. Contributor for quality Uh, every brace. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's well deserved.
0: Now, this is the fifth season for Lakeside Drive. We're very excited to do this. Um, You'll find some shorter episodes, but you'll find a lot more episodes coming up in in the year. And uh, we'll talk a little bit later in the month about what we've got coming up and uh, how we'll be doing that. But we're just going to have a couple of short episodes between you and myself, Campy, until Tommy T comes back. Uh, we'll be trying to get some interviews lined up too. If you haven't yet, uh, please consider subscribing to the show. It uh, It's going to be a big one. It really is. We haven't even sort of seen what exactly is going to come out from uh, our partnership with DM Podcasts, but it is going to be bloody awesome. Um, and as much as we joke about it selling out or whatever else but we're doing this so we can make more content for you guys because we have been so overwhelmed by the support from you all Uh, we are so bloody excited almost as excited as campy is for the Vegas Grand Prix that he's not going to this year Well, I can't, can't afford it.
1: Can't afford it. <laughs> $5 million they're selling packages for. Oh, shit, you know what? $5 million for a top package. Yeah. Per
0: Mr. person. Only Mr. Beast is going oh. to that, that stuff. Um, but that's it for this episode. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating or review if you feel like it. If you don't, whatever, it's absolutely fine. And we'll see you next time, Campy, on Lakeside Drive. Cheers. Maybe so like all right, hang on, hang on, hang on. We gotta pay the bills. Let's do this and then we'll come back to where we left off. Something
1: Mm. like that. All right, mate. I'll hang on there. We need to pay some bills, so we're just gonna slot our perfect sponsorship (laughs) placement in right there. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. That was shit. No, I love it. That's I'm Uh. Sports Social Podcast Network.